You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. I'm so glad to be back. We're back with another episode. I've had a wild couple of weeks. My husband has started to work a lot more, which we are so grateful for and we're happy about that. I also hosted a retreat at my house with 18 women and it was incredible. It was so fun. It was amazing. We meditated, we cold plunged, we fasted, we made plans for 2023 and we're making it happen and it was amazing. Not only that, you guys, and I think this might be a secret. I don't even know if I'm supposed to tell you yet, but I'm going to because that's who I am. I got a deal to write a book. And so we are under deadlines. And so I've been just writing away. And so it's been a busy couple of weeks, but it's been amazing. And I'm grateful to be back here on the podcast to talk to you. I want to talk today about your thoughts and what they are creating in your life. And I want to kind of maybe make a case about why we want to do thought work, why we want to be aware of what is going on in our mind. And I even want to back it up for you guys with biblical verses. I want to share with you why I believe the things that I believe about our thoughts and why I'm so passionate about doing thought work. And I want to hopefully encourage you by the end of this episode to do thought work on your own, to be a conscious creator of your thoughts and to be more aware of what's going on in your brain. Because as you'll see, I believe that virtue cleaveth unto virtue and light followeth light and that what we put out is what we're going to get back. So first off, I want to teach you guys about the model. This is a system that simplified what we're going to talk about today that's been taught in the Holy Scriptures, that's been taught through the cause of law and effect, of action and reaction, the law of karma, like it's all the same thing. But this to me simplified it in a very actionable way. And so I really love it. It's called the model. It was created by Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School. I want to give her full credit because it is amazing. This is what it is. She teaches that we all have circumstances in life. These are things sometimes we create and sometimes we don't. Some These are just the circumstances of life. Sometimes it might be something that somebody says to you, or it might be something you did or something somebody does, or even the house you live in could be a circumstance, right? These are the bare bones of a situation. And for the purpose of thought work, I'm going to tell you that these things are neutral. They just are what is. We have a circumstance, like our house, right? Let's use our house. Okay, we have a house. And this is the circumstance, my house. And that circumstance leads us to think a thought. Our, my thought could be like, I love my house or oh, my house is the worst, right? The thought is what makes something positive or negative. It gives opinion to it. It gives feeling to it. The thought is something that you choose to think. And that is something everyone agrees with me t- until <laughs> they have a sticky situation. And then they're like, well, it can't be my thoughts that are creating my feelings. So, so you have circumstances. They lead you to think a thought. And then your thoughts lead you to feel a feeling. Your thoughts produce a feeling in your body. When I talk about a feeling, I think of a one-word emotion, like happy, sad, disappointed, angry, frustrated, embarrassed, grateful, content, right? These are different emotions. Emotions are vibrations. They are energy that run through your body and they kick you into action. Now, sometimes your action is inaction. Sometimes the action is running a marathon, but your feelings are what are producing your actions. So if you're scared, you will maybe go into fight 
or flight or freeze, right? If you're excited, you might be motivated and move forward, right? If you're feeling shameful, you probably avoid and hide. These emotions create our actions. And then our actions through small and simple actions create our results. So what I am here to teach is that your thoughts create your results. Let me say that again. Your thoughts create your results. In Proverbs, it states that as a man thinketh in his heart, even so he shall be. I love that scripture and I love that it says as a man thinketh in his heart. It doesn't just say as a man thinketh, even so he shall be. It says as a man thinketh in his heart. And that's because if you don't feel a thought in your heart, it does not have much weight. It doesn't do much for you. An example of this is when people tell you to do affirmations. Listen, I can see the good in affirmations. I'm not a huge affirmation girl (laughs) simply because I don't think they have much meaning unless you can feel them when you say them. If Unless they ignite a feeling in your heart, then I don't think that they will do anything for you. I think your brain just kind of kicks them out. So let's say somebody's like, wants you to say to yourself like every day, I am rich. I am so rich, but you don't feel rich. And your brain hears that thought and it's like, eh, not true. And it kicks it out, right? That would be as a man thinketh is not so he shall be. It's as a man thinketh in his heart, even so he shall be. So, but if you really believe like I am so rich and you believe that in your soul and you feel it running in you energetically, that's going to propel you. If you feel rich, you're going to want to give. You're going to want to create value. That's just the reality. And so you're going to start doing the small and simple things daily that get you to that result. So Proverbs, as a man thinketh in his heart, even so he shall be. In Galatians 6, 7 through 8, It says you reap what you sow. I love the law of harvest and we are going to talk about it. So the law of harvest is what the Holy Scriptures refer to as similarly to like the law of karma, which is what like the Middle Eastern cultures call it, or the law of action and reaction or the law of cause and effect. Maybe you guys have heard some of these before. They're all kind of saying the same thing. They're all teaching that what you reap is what you sow. In the scriptures, it says that everything multiplies after his kind. This includes plants, fruit trees, birds, fish, insects, animals, and even human beings. And I would say even your thoughts and your feelings and your actions. As we apply this principle to daily life, we discern that it also applies to our thoughts, feelings, and actions, right? Whatever you give to life will return to you multiplied. I love looking at nature to figure out the laws of the universe. When you look at a tomato plant, right, it starts with one little seed. And then that seed grows into a plant, and then it creates sometimes hundreds of tomatoes. And then those tomatoes, if they're not picked and and used, then they fall to the ground. And each tomato fruit has hundreds of seeds that then drop into the ground. And then from one seed, it's multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. And I believe the same thing happens with our thoughts. We plant a little thought seed in our mind garden and as we focus on it and as we nurture it and water it and give it time and light and our energy, it starts to grow and it grows a plant and that plant creates fruit and that fruit drops and then we get more and more and more of whatever that thought is and we get more and more of our circumstances that revolve around that belief. And so what I teach my clients and what I practice 
on myself and what I feel so passionately about is looking at what seeds are you planting? What fruit are you watering in your own mind garden? And is it getting you the results that you want? Is it getting you where you want to go? Is it creating the fruit that you want to bear? And asking yourself this often and with intention, I think is a skill um, an underdeveloped skill in our society. And it's one that all of us love the idea of until we actually have to do it, especially when our circumstances get difficult, like cancer shows up or our husband cheats on us or blah, blah, blah. Like these difficult circumstances show up and it gets harder to think thoughts that are pure and true and full of faith and full of light. But as we do it, we can create beautiful lives with really beautiful fruit. I want to share with you a poem. And I know that's kind of weird, but I'm a homeschooler now, so we read poems. I taught this to my daughter and she memorized it. And so I memorized it with her. And it's one of my favorite. It's called Life's Mirror. And it just reflects on this principle of the law of harvest. It says that there are loyal hearts, there are spirits brave, there are souls that are kind and true. So give the world the best you have and the best will come back to you. Give love and love to your life will flow, a strength in your utmost need. Have strength and a score of hearts will show their strength in your work and deed. Give truth and your gift will be paid in kind and honor will honor meet. And a smile that is sweet will surely find a smile that is just as sweet. Give sorrow and pity to those who mourn, we will gather in flowers again. The scattered seeds of your thought outborn, though the sowing seemed in vain. For life is a mirror of king and slave, tis just what we are and do. So give the world the best you have and the best will come back to you. This is one of my favorite poems that I've memorized because I use it a lot when I'm in a sticky situation. I remind myself of that fruit, of that tomato plant, that what I give to life, I get back. Multiplied, I'll even add. This applies to our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, be they positive or negative, uplifting or depressing. Hence, we need to make wise decisions about what we are planting and watering. This is why I teach meditation, because meditation is a tool that I believe helps us become aware of what we are creating in our lives. Meditation not only helps us become aware, it helps us to learn how to focus our attention, which is important, because if we can't focus our attention, we can't grow the seeds that we want. We'll get distracted. We'll start growing weeds. We'll start watering weeds. We'll get distracted with this thought or this thought or this thought. And so we have to learn how to hold our attention so that we can give our energy to the thoughts that we want to grow so that we can get the fruit that we want to have. You guys, this principle, because of it, you can make yourself a heaven or hell on earth. (laughs) I know this is difficult to hear for a lot of us, and I feel it with you, but you alone must bear the responsibility of the choices you make of the choices of thoughts that you choose to think. You have more power than you recognize to create in your own life. Who sets the standard of how you will be judged? Well, in Matthew 7, it says that you do. Who sets the standard of how you will be forgiven? Again, in the scriptures, it says you do. And in Matthew 7, 12, it reminds us that the things you desire from life, you must first give to life. You can't give something you don't have. So get in the energy of having those things that you want to create. I love this idea. I stole this from a talk. It's one of my favorites. It's called As a Man Thinketh. He took that 
name from the scriptures, obviously, but also there's a book by James Allen that I just love called As a Man Thinketh. And in it, he talks all about the law of karma and the law of harvest. And I took this from a talk from a BYU speech, and it says this, what about acquiring the things you want, like the seed planted in the ground? Life can only return to you that which you have first given with the added promise that everything you must ultimately return to you multiplied. Perhaps that is why a sage of bygone years said a great truth. Give the world the best you have and the best will come back to you. And we might add here, it will be multiplied. So if you feel accident prone or a worry wart or why does this always happen to me sort of person, you have become a victim rather than a master of this law. This law can work for you or against you. My job as a coach is to help it work for you. I help you get into your brain. (laughs) I help my clients look at what they are producing and what if they would like to pull it out and start over, if they want to keep it, if they want to water it. And that is the work I do. And I love it. But you know, what's funny is everybody loves talking about it in this way. Yes, like we can create what we want until life gets hard. And so I want to give you a couple tips to make it easier. (laughs) And this isn't going to really make it easier because it's still going to be difficult because this is soul harrowing work. This is the work of repentance. This is the work at looking at how we're wrong and changing. This is the work of swallowing our pride over and over and over again. That is what we are doing here. And so it's not easy, but I'm going to give you some tips that hopefully will help you a little bit. The first thing I'm going to tell you is that we don't want to put off uncomfortable things into the future. So many times we don't want to look at our thoughts. We don't want to change our thoughts about a situation quickly. We delay, we put it off. And that is because I love this quote by Spencer W. Kimball. He said that Satan tempts on our very desire to put out discomfort for a later time. You guys swallow your pride, drink the bitter cup, forgive quickly. I know it's hard. Don't allow yourself to stay in negativity long. Don't allow yourself to stay and swim in doubt, discouragement, and negativity. You stay there long, you're going to get comfortable there. And your brain always says that safe equals the same. And so it will try so hard to just keep you there. But your job is to put off the natural man by drinking the bitter cup quickly. Don't delay. Look at your thoughts and say, I'm not staying here and quickly change your thoughts. The second thing I want to offer you is that when I work with my clients, I tell them, we don't really want to look off if your thought is true. Because the reality is that there's opposition in all things, right? That's what we've been taught. And I believe that, that there's opposition in all things, sun and moon, light and dark, then Megan, good and bad in me, right? Positives and negatives, weaknesses and strengths, like everything is 50-50. Your job is to look and focus on the part that you want to create, right? The thing that's working. And so there's truth. There's probably truth that, yeah, your husband is a jerk. That's probably true. But it's also probably true that he's great. And you get to decide what you focus on. And the more you focus on, the more you create that result. And I love that that is true. So I don't like to look at what's true. (laughs) I like to look at what is going to create what I want because there's lots of truths. It is true. All those negative things you're thinking probably are true. But that doesn't mean I'm going to keep my mind focused and centered on those. The third thing is to remember that you can't give what you don't have. So if you are feeling like, oh, like I want to create, let's like do some, a, a really more surface level. one. I just want to create more money. I love that 
in most religious texts and spiritual texts that they teach to give. And the reason is generosity helps you just as much as it helps others. You can't give what you don't have. And so I love that Jesus taught about like the widow's might, like giving all that you have and then all will come back to you. I believe in the law of attraction, right? It's like energies attract. If you're in an energy of faith, then you will attract like faith energy type of situations and things. If you're in the energy of having, then you will attract having. If you're in the energy of lack, you will attract lack. And I can kind of back that up with some scriptures where it says like virtue cleaveth under virtue, light cleaveth unto light. Everything is multiplied in its time, right? And so, and and also that's why in so many scriptural texts, it says we seek after all things that are virtuous, lovely, of good report, praiseworthy, light filling, all of those types of things. And it's because when we seek after those things and when we are those things, we we attract it and we become it. And that is what we produce. I just want to invite you guys to be aware of what energy you're in. This is how I realize if I'm off base is I start to feel these feelings in my body that are negative. And I don't make those mean something's bad. I just look at them and I'm like, okay, this is good. I I view my feelings as messengers and I don't really need them to stay that long. I need to get the message from them, make a change and move forward. And so like, let's say I feel embarrassed. Let's say I do something and I feel embarrassed. It's like, okay, what am I putting my faith in? Am I making other people my God and not God my God? Am I looking at myself and judging myself and being harsh towards myself? Am I thinking, oh, you're such an idiot? And is that in alignment with what I want to create and also is in alignment with the the beliefs that I choose to hold about what God sees about me? And that little feeling of embarrassment just comes to tell me like, hey, your thoughts are a little funky. You might want to look at them. And so what's fun is I don't try to push those feelings away. I shouldn't feel, feel this. No, of course I should feel this. It's telling me something. And I can get the message fast and I don't have to swim in it forever. I can get the message fast and I can make the changes quickly. And that feels really good. And that's where it says in Alma, don't delay the day of your repentance, right? Because that the more you delay, the more suffering you experience. I want to read you this last little quote. It says, can you imagine what would happen if we were to derive strength and courage from the Savior and say no and get the hence to unvirtuous thoughts the very first moment they come into our minds? What would the impact on the desires of our hearts how would our resulting actions keep us closer to the Savior and allow us to the influence of the Holy Ghost in our lives? So I just love this quote. It's just like, look at your thoughts immediately. Become aware. This is going to require you to have to slow down. You're going to have to slow your brain down. We're all moving so fast. Even me right now, I'm like talking fast. I like slow it down. What are my thoughts creating right now? Asking myself often and then doing the soul harrowing work and the humbling work of saying, it's okay that I'm wrong. I'm going to change how I'm thinking right now. I don't have to hold on to this cactus any longer. I can let it go and then be free. I love, I made this up an an analogy and I'm sure I didn't make it up, but I, I feel like I made it up. I just imagine like us holding on to these thoughts that are creating us so much pain, right? Like I'm a loser or I suck or I hate that person or they don't deserve my forgiveness, right? These types of thoughts. I believe that it's like holding on to a cactus, right? And we live out here in the desert. And so I'll tell you what happens. It is scary to take the cactus out. I have watched children because my kids and their friends, they come out to my house and there's cactuses everywhere and they'll get a cactus in their hand or something. And I watch them 
scream and kick and fight and not want us to pull the cactus out of their hand because that is a uncomfortable situation. It is not fun (laughs) to pull the cactus out. It hurts. It's hard. It's like drinking the bitter cup, right? The faster we get it out, the better. Because the longer it stays in there, a lot of the cactuses near my house, they create like venom. I don't know what it's called, poison, whatever it is. And it sinks in and it hurts so bad after. So we'll pull the cactuses out and it hurts. It's not enjoyable. And it still hurts even after you pull the cactus out for a second. But as you take out those those spears of the cactus, it starts to heal, right? And it feels a lot better. But I, I believe that the, the balm of Gilead, like what they call like the atonement of Jesus Christ is like rubbing a balm on your hand after you've pulled out the, the spears of the cactus and it just creates a soothing effect on your hand and it makes the pain go away. So just like the little kids at my house, my invitation to you today is to pull the cactus out quick, to not hold on to a cactus. It's causing you worse pain to consciously be a creator of your life by choosing your thoughts with intention, by choosing to feel a certain way with intention, and to be willing to do that soul-harrowing work, to be wrong, to look at how you're wrong, and to change. That is your ability. I know that this is easy to talk about and harder to do, (laughs) which is why we have to go through our whole life practicing it. I know that. And so I'm not expecting anyone to be perfect at it. I don't think it's supposed to be this thing that we're perfect at, but I do think it's something that we can work on. And the more we do, we can feel more joy. And men are that they might have joy. We are meant to live a life full of joy. So practice this with me this week and come join our app where we do group coaching all the time or message me if you're looking for a one-on-one coach. I'd love to help you look at your thoughts. All right, you guys have an amazing, 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 amazing day. I'll talk to you next time.